This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. New York City, but we're here. We're vibing. And we're going until 5.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hit me on Twitter, Ty D. Butler. Or on Instagram. Get at me, Ty D. Butler. Excited to be with you today, leading you into week five of the NFL season. Already here. Giants in action tomorrow against the Dolphins, 12.5-point dogs. Jets, dogs in Denver by 2.5 points. So we'll be all over that. And, of course, we're leading you into game one of the division series out in Atlanta where the Braves host the Phillies. Should be a fun series. We will uh, touch on the baseball right now, the Rangers and the Orioles uh, halted in the beginning by a rain delay, but have played three so far uh, in this game. It is scoreless. You've got the Twins and the Astros coming up. Phillies, Braves, and then tonight, Dodgers, Diamondbacks. And it was announced earlier today, Max Scherzer, who has been dealing with a, sh- uh, a shoulder injury, threw a simulated game, warmed up with the intent of trying to get back for the series, but he's out. And I'm watching my television screen with uh, DeGrom and Scherzer both in the dugout for the Rangers. And you just, if, if you are a fan of that team, you just got to kick yourself because you played a what-if game. If we had both of those guys healthy in this series, you know, what would we be talking about as far as their their chances of contending for a championship and you know Met fans are familiar with that having to watch those guys battered last year as they uh lost to the Padres in the wild card round but it's the same old story with Scherzer and DeGrom the what if game but we you know we'll keep you posted on that Rangers and Orioles underway got to keep you posted as well on the college football with Texas and Oklahoma right now Oklahoma up 27 to 20 Early in the fourth quarter, Ohio State with a 27-17 to 17 lead over Maryland. So we'll keep you posted on everything happening in the world of sports. What a fun weekend we have lined up for you, 800-919-3776. But back to the NFL, it's week five. And, you know, this was probably the first time since Saquon Barkley signed that franchise tag that the Giants locally dominated sports talk. We've been so enamored by the Jets with, you know, the Aaron Rodgers trade, then hard knocks, and then he gets hurt, insert Zach Wilson. He was bad, that he played well Sunday night. So it's been a lot of Jets-heavy conversation on the station. But for the first time in a very long time, the Giants, they were the story this week. And, you know, for all the wrong reasons, first— Their season essentially ended on Monday Night Football against the Seahawks when Daniel Jones threw that pick six to Devin Witherspoon. That all but did it for this year because uh, is anyone expecting them to go to Miami and beat a Dolphins team, especially a Dolphins team that has to be, you know, upset and disgusted with how they played last week against the Buffalo Bills? Then after they play Miami, they go to Buffalo to play, you know, may be the best team right now in the AFC. Because since they lost to the Jets, all they've been able to do is shut people down on defense and score a ton of points on offense. So that's quite the slate for the Giants coming up in the next two weeks. And, you know, oh, by the way, we get to watch this team once again in primetime, nationally televised next Sunday night against the Bills. But that, you know, game against the Seahawks was very disheartening, especially if if you were a Giants fan you know, 
coming into the season, maybe not with the highest of expectations. The narrative was, you know, they were going to take a step back just because uh, they were more talented, but the, the schedule was tougher. You're not watching a Giants team right now that looks like they are plagued by a simply a tougher schedule. There are many times that you turn into a Giants game or you tune into a Giants game and you're like, wait, is this the worst team in football? Which is hard to believe. Because you love the head coach and all the weapons they added on offense and how things were moving in the right direction. You love the GM. They, uh, Daniel Jones gets paid. Saquon returns. And now he's hurt again. So, you know, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for the Giants outside of two quarters against the lowly Cardinals. And now you're wondering, and my question to the Giants fans is, like, have you already gone to that sunken place? Have you already arrived there where... You're hoping they can be just bad enough so that you can, you know, take advantage of some draft capital? Like, are we already there entering week five? Be as bad as possible so we can get a high draft pick. Because the Bears, you watched them on Thursday night just beat the hell out of Washington after Chicago had lost the game they should have won uh, against the Broncos last week. So now the path becomes a little bit more clear. I get it's early. But if you're the Giant fan right now, can't be feeling great about the season ahead. You would have to have something, you know, just out of the ordinary happen. Like a monumental upset. We're talking Cardinals, Cowboys from a couple weeks ago in order for you to win any of these next two games against the Dolphins and the Bills. And again, I would feel better about your chances in Miami had it not been for what transpired last week in Buffalo because then you could sell yourself on, all right, Miami coming off of a a big emotional win, beating the Bills with their stake to claim in this conference that, you know, it doesn't just have to go through Kansas City or or Buffalo or, you know, if if Burrow can get back to 100% healthy Cincinnati. No, we've got every right to be in that conversation for winning this conference. So if they go out last week and beat the Bills, then maybe they take their foot off the gas pedal. It's a little bit of a letdown. You play the Giants, and you don't take them as seriously as you should have. We see that all the time in football. Great team coming off of a big win, play a bad team the next week, and they don't necessarily come out with the urgency necessary to win that game. Giants catch them sleeping, but that's not the case. They, are, they have to be fuming, fuming after, after what happened last week, where the spread was two and a half points. They damn near lost by 30, and that was a reminder to Miami that the path in this division still goes through Buffalo, and you don't know what was worse for the Dolphins. Was it that that prolific Dolphins offense only scored 20 points, or was it that the defense gave up almost 50 so the Giants obviously have their hands full with this loaded array of weapons with Hill, Waddle, Mostert, you know, Achan. It's gonna, it's going to be a track meet. There is no simulating getting ready for that speed on offense. You can't do that in practice if you're the Giants. And the Giants' defense has been bad. Part of it, to me, has to do with how inept the offense has been. They're the worst in the league right now as far as, far as scoring. They move the ball, but they can't get it into the end zone. And we saw them against a Seahawks defense that can be got. They scored three points. So the offense is is not doing the defense any any favors by not putting up points. 
And they're just getting run through. So Miami has to be salivating at this opportunity to get back into the win column and showing that, you know, maybe last week was a little bit of a fluke and they still have every chance to challenge the elite competition in this conference, So, which means that it is not good news for the Giants. You know, how are you going to contain this team? You are going to have to sustain long offensive drives, score points, and have to do it without three of your offensive linemen, Schmitz, Thomas out. It's, I mean, Lemieux, like, the the line is already bad. And now throw an injury. Doesn't look like Saquon's going to play. You know what we need? We need to see Darren Wallace show the hell up. Because we couldn't stop talking about him during, during training camp. How he was unguardable. How, you know, when he's on the field and he's healthy, he could establish himself as one of the best tight ends in football. Well, where where the hell has that been? And I know Jones on the pick six had him leaking out in the back of the end zone would have been a touchdown. But he's got to make some type of an appearance. Jalen Hyatt, like where are these? Paris Campbell. We kept hearing about all these weapons. And, and look, Saquon being out is very unfortunate. He was uh, without question the best asset, the best weapon you had last last year. And losing him is going to put you at a massive disadvantage. But this offense should still be able to be better than the worst in football. That's not asking a lot. And Daniel Jones, it was funny, coming into the the game against the Seahawks, you know, I I was on and I said, the Giants have a, a, a ton of problems, right? Like, you can create a list of all the issues that this team has. Nowhere near the top is Daniel Jones, and then he goes out there and has the worst game under Brian Dable, where we saw the resurfacing of you know ghosts of past, right? The turnovers, the bad decision making, and you know some of these the sacks where the Giants gave up eleven. Some of those were on him, his inability to diagnose that pre-snap, get his guys into you know the right coverage and protection, especially when you got a guy coming right off the edge straight at you on your blind side. See that that's coming. You've got your receiver on that side wide open. You've got to be able to make plays. And it, it was clearly the worst performance that he's had uh, with Brian Dable as his head coach, which now, you know, we're going to spend the rest of this season asking that question that many people wondered during the offseason was last year a fluke? And part of it feels unfair because, look, Brian Dable, I, I, I still think, is a really good head coach. Um, the Joe Shane, he is a, a respected GM. But when you start to go through, all right, who's the most to blame for what's happening with the Giants? Why are they getting blown out every game? How is it that the Giants can compete with the Chiefs I'm sorry, the Jets last Sunday can compete with the Chiefs. The Cardinals went out there and outright beat the Cowboys. The Bucs, who were expected to be one of the worst teams in football, they're winning games. But the Giants, who just months ago won a playoff game, just paid their quarterback $40 million a year, supposedly got better. I mean, and they can't even stay on the field with the Seahawks, with any of these teams? They're getting blown out every single game? It's not competitive? Who does that fall on? Is that coaching? Well, no, Ty. They're just not that talented. Okay, well, if that's the case, then that has to fall on the general manager who put this team together, who everyone kept raving about. 
Well, it's not that they're not talented. It's just that their their weapons are not being best utilized. Okay, so the net falls on the quarterback who you just paid $40 million. Wherever the answer is, and maybe it's a combination of all three, it's not very good, which is why it stinks that already week five we are here, but we're going to spend the rest of this season doing two things. Because if the Giants go out there and do what we expect them to do in the next couple of weeks and lose to Buffalo and Miami— it's looking ahead to the draft, questioning, look, are we taking the next quarterback? Are we taking our next quarterback in the draft? And now we spend the rest of the season questioning whether or not yet last year was a fluke, and that becomes an indictment of your head coach. It becomes an indictment of your general manager and of your quarterback who you just paid. And I love when people are like, well, you know, and I, I, I've done it too. It's the people who are... You know, the Giants are only locked into him for two years. That's accurate. That's correct. And it's a smart move by them because, you know, you don't want to overpay for a guy who, as good as he was last year, didn't really establish himself as someone you could win the Super Bowl with. But I love how people act like it's it's so easy to replace him. Yeah, you're only locked into him for two years, but you think finding a quarterback is easy? Even if you rid yourselves of Daniel Jones at the end of next season, Finding that next guy is not going to be as easy as you're making it out to seem. So a, a lot of football to play. It, certainly everyone should be in panic mode just because there's nothing that we've seen the first four weeks to suggest that we're going to see some monumental change over the next you know 14 games, which is what would the Giants, or 13 games I should say, which is what the Giants would need to have any shot at making the playoffs, which is what they did last year. But... I mean, there's a lot to determine here. Giant fans not happy. And we haven't even spoken about Evan Neal, who took the biggest L this week going at fans. And he's already been dragged through the mud, so I don't want to continue to beat him down, especially because he found a way to somehow, you know, have his words become more pathetic and mortifying than his highlight reel, which was hard to do, Evan Neal. Like, I'd love to ask him... The smoke you had for Giants fans when you're, you know, trolling them and you are taunting them to to boo louder and then losing your mind by starting a war with them with your words. Where was that smoke for Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, Devin Witherspoon, Dennis Gart? Where was the smoke for the opposing defense when they're running right past you like you're a traffic cone? So, again, I don't want to continue to beat the dead horse and beat him down. He's, he's, he's taken, you know, quite the, the load this week. My guy Don LaGreca had an awesome rant go viral. I'm listening to Bill Simmons' podcast yesterday, and Peter Schrager brings it up. So it's, it's clearly gone national. Pat McAfee did it on his show. Great job by Don. Good for him. Good for the K-Show. Good for the station. But Evan Neal, I mean, no one wants to hear that apology, my G. That's not going to do anything. We want to see you play better. And, and remember, Giants fans don't want to see you play poorly. They don't want to boo you. And, and they're not even booing just you. They're booing the team. This wasn't Stanton opening day when the Yankees traded for him. This wasn't Aaron Hicks or Josh Donaldson. They were booing the team, and you took it personal, got it all in your feelings, and, and literally chose the worst thing to do. And boy, is he lucky that tomorrow's game is not in MetLife Stadium. He is very, very lucky. But, again, when people thought that this team would take a step back, they did not envision 
what we're watching right now. Where you turn on the, the Giants and they are literally unwatchable. And yet here we are. 800-919-3776. We're rolling. We're cooking. We're going until 530. We'll get to the Jets as well. Play a big game tomorrow in that high altitude in Denver. Sean Payton, man, you might have to hold the L this week if you lose this game tomorrow. We'll talk about that. Exciting week uh, uh, of football. The slate is juicy. To me, one of the best games, or might be the best game, is Sunday night with the Cowboys and the Niners. So we'll talk about that as well. Get into the baseball, talk some basketball. Whole lot to do, play in or out with Julian and Chantel. But Ty Butler going until 5.30. Let's do it. 800-919-3776. Get at me on Twitter, Ty D. Butler, Instagram as well. As we roll this thing to 5.30, leading you into game one of the National League Division Series between the Braves and the Phillies right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Julian's going to have to play some of that drizzy from yesterday. Drake just dropped his, I guess technically it's his eighth studio album. So we're going to have to get some some cleans off that uh, off that For All the Dogs. Drake's got his son on there. It, it, it's, it's a cool album. So we, we, we'll hear from that as the show progresses. Uh, Ty D. Butler, we're going until 5.30, leading you into uh, Braves-Phillies game one. Should be a Should be a fun one. Braves, a lot of pressure. 104 wins. You can't get bounced in round one. Phillies did get to the World Series last year, but that that's an exciting series. Might be the best uh, of the bunch so far on the slate. 800-919-3776. Let's kick it off with uh, Neil in Hell's Kitchen. What's up, Neil? Ty, how are you, my man? Yo, I'm doing, I'm doing better now that I've spoken to you. What's up, bro? <laughs> right. You know what's funny? It's like you got fans that are emotional, and then you got fans that are analytical, right? You look at the Giants. I'm a Jets fan, by the way, but you look at the Giants, right? And you, and you got the fans that say, oh, last year we got a play, got into the playoffs, and we got one win in the playoffs, and we were two games away from, you know, immortality. That's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. Who did the Giants play last season outside of the NFC East? The what AFC South. Predom- the South. There you go. What's the, what's the worst division in all NFL? Well, right now, I mean, look, the, everyone in the South is two and two, so no, I, <laughs> it's I'm better not this year. Right now. I'm saying last year. Oh, last year, yeah, it was. I mean, it was clearly the Jags and everyone else, and they almost lost that Jags game. They got uh, it was an ETN got to the one yard line and couldn't get into the end zone. So yeah, exactly. So if you're a GM of the Giants and you're sitting there thinking, okay, we had a really good season, we got one win versus the team that right now is what one and one going to be one and four this weekend, Minnesota. Yeah, but oh, the, yeah, Vikings. The if they Who lose to the Chiefs, good? yeah, if they lose to the Chiefs, they'll be one and four. Yeah, they're not. They weren't that good. They're not who they thought they were. They built this team around who they thought they were. They thought they were a one-win playoff team last year. They weren't that good. No, but Neil, I, so here's the thing, Neil. Like, even if you didn't expect them to, let's just say, I, you know, no one expected them to win a playoff game, or let's just say you didn't even expect them to make the playoffs to be this bad. Yeah, but that's that's my point to you. That's the point. They, last year was like a more of a poser kind of a season because you didn't play the really good teams. This year, you're going up against the AFC East, which is the beast of the league. You watch, watch what's going to happen. That, this is going to be the tale of, of, the, of the, what this team really is. You've I mean, got to be honest with yourself. It's a good point, Neil, because they, they could go from four and zero against the uh, you know the AFC teams to zero and four, 
Because like they're not Absolutely. winning these next two games. Yeah, I don't want to sound like a homer, but I think the Jets are better than the Giants. And then New England yeah. playing for their season the next couple of weeks. They got the the you know they've got the, the the Saints coming up, and you know they play the Raiders. So maybe they'll turn yeah. things around. And don't forget two games with the Eagles. Yeah. So so this this is over. Everyone just just relax. I think the best thing the Giants can do right now is say, okay, who are we really? Okay, take these lickings, take these beatings they're going to have. Trust me, tomorrow is going to be a beat down in Miami. And no one's even thinking of why it's going to be a beat down because when you play in that stadium, I don't know if you've ever been in that stadium, the shade is on Miami. The heat, the sun is beating down on the Giants on their sidelines. It is a tough place to play. Trust me, as a Jets fan, I've seen it. And it's even tougher. I appreciate the call. It's even tougher because of the team you're up against. And I mentioned this in the open. I would feel a lot better about the Giants' chances if Miami had won that game over Buffalo last week. Coming off of that type of a beating where you got embarrassed and you were humbled, I, I think they're out for blood tomorrow. And they're more talented. They've got so much speed on offense. Their defense can be had. Problem is the Giants can't score points. So you're, you're wondering if they're going to be able to do anything tomorrow. Let's go to Spike and St. Pete. Hey, what's up, Spike? How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. I'm going to just break the, the, the tenor of the call quickly and say this is secondary to me today with what's going on in the world. I know this isn't the place to discuss this, but yes. let's just hope people get peaceful. And, yeah, man, that, and, that's ter- uh, terrible. What's happening? You know, waking up to that thought that you know those reports. You know, monitoring all the news coverage today. It, it's awful, man. It's it's scary it's, stuff. It, it's awful, and I'm old enough to remember quite a bit of it and seeing little kids, your kids' age, pretty much a little, little old, being paraded around the streets. Is, it just upsets me. But i got to get away from it for, for a couple of minutes. And most of my career was in sales, marketing, and the statistical uh, end of it. And, and I've thought this through. Guys like Buddha and Jose and yourself, and, and I don't mean to leave anybody else out, but diehard Jet fans. You know, football's prowess started when I was a little kid, and, and the gridiron fit the television set. You, you're going to have to look back in the history books to see what they looked like originally, but they were little squares, you know, and, and, the, and the gridiron fit it perfectly. It made it a perfect game to watch at home. To this day, it's better to watch a game at home. You don't get the in-game treatment. But my point is this. There are so few games. When I grew up, there were 12 games. My father said there were 10, I think, when he grew up. And, and when it's... 16, 17 games now, each game has that much more importance. I know you agree with me because we've talked about this. Yep. So I'm thinking it through. Now, we always seem to get ahead of it because it's only four months a year. And then yeah, if you start out this and you start out that, and, and if you're one in this, then the chances are fewer. And, you know, Larry Hardesty always taught me this, and he's a little younger than me, but he said, it's when you play the team. Now, you know, I said, well, that's true, but the Jets and the Giants both have very difficult uh, schedules going by last year's results, right? So I'm getting to the end of this diatribe here to get my mind clear today and and look forward to listening to you clear my head. I really think, look, you and I are basketball guys first, but if the Jets and the Giants, let's just say, go one and two in their next games and wind up, what would that make them, two and five? Yeah. Then, Then the naysayers will come in, and if they win two in a row, you're back in it. My point is, it's, it's a lot of overreaction, and fantasy has gone way down because of gambling. You know, one offsets the other. So if the Jets get off, Devin's 
you have the lead in any game. I'm listening from Jose and Buddha and Ira and all the experts and, and yourself included. I'm trying to get a clear picture of when does it clear up? You know what I'm saying? When does it get better? You, you, I watch the kid. Yeah, usually. One, one, one more point, bro. Real quick. I'm watching the game on and off last week, and I see the kid uh, rallies. And, and then when he ties the game up and they tighten the defense up, he's, they're three and out. I think the third one, he turns the ball over. So how do you judge his performance? What, what's the criteria? Tell you're me. You're talking about Zach? Yes. No, Zach was Zach was really good last week. I, I mean, it, it is very telling that we were so complimentary of a guy who led an offense to score 20 points. And I appreciate the call, right. Spike. But just given where he was prior to that, and how low he had fallen. And, you know, there was talk that he was playing for his Jet career in that game. Maybe he gets sat and they look to move on. Diana Rossini had the report that, you know, there was some dissension building and some decisions were going to have to be made. For him to stir all of that adversity in the face and come within a whisker of, you know, beating the Chiefs came down to a couple plays. And we'll talk about it. Uh, but uh, he, he was great last week. He was great by Zach Wilson standards, and he was really good by just an NFL quarterback standard. Uh, Jose and Emerson, what's up, Jose? Funny you say that, Ty, because I called you before the game, and I was like, you know, giving a uh, giving a uh, a speech about that he has to find it within himself. Oh yeah, but and I one- said I, I said I wish you were in the locker room to pump yes, him up. Yes, but I tell you what, not only me, but I think he he got it from everybody in the sense that he knows that people. It's not a hate thing. It's that they want the kid to do good, and I think that's what propped him up to do what he had to do. Not only that, they let him loose. Yeah. Okay? They ain't treat him like a baby. They said, you know what? If you're going to fail, go out there and fail and show me something. And, Jose, they were forced to. Because think about it. You just brought up something very interesting, man. Like, think about it. When you go down 17 nothing. They, uh-huh. You can't run the ball. You've got to air it out. You got to, especially against that team with, with yeah. a really good defense and a high-powered offense. So they were almost because of the circumstances forced to just say, you know what, unleash man. And if you throw picks, we're gonna lose anyway. We're not coming exactly. back by just grind, you know, ground and pound. That's not gonna do it. No, and I'll tell you what. I don't know if you guys saw it, but when Zach Wilson went to midfield. And talk to Mahomes. Mahomes actually could be yeah, heard saying, yeah, yep. you got talent. Stay mm-hmm. with this. Yep. You're not done. So that's got to be a big boost for him. And the difference between the Giants and the Jets this year, in that game, the Jets found their offensive line. Zach wasn't pressured as much. And when he did, he got out. So I think that's going to be a positive thing with Denver. Great phone call, Jose. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and the offensive line, we haven't spoken enough about just how much uh, they've progressed, uh, where they were to start the year and how bad it was. Obviously, four plays in, the the, the sack on Rodgers, where he was just hurried to play before, and, and it was a mess. They lose Dwayne Brown to the IR. The fact that they were relying on one of the oldest players in the league at left tackle coming off of shoulder surgery when he was dealing with injuries last year to to be your best or one of your best players on that line in probably the most important position was was just bad and you know they've 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 found a way to get some more chemistry and get these guys into better positions where they're holding up uh, you know, in pass protection and run, and run blocking, and they've been pl- they've been playing a lot better than they were to start the season. Uh, we'll get into the Jets coming up. What a big game for both these teams tomorrow. Sean Payton 
is going to get the biggest congratulations you played yourself. An L tattooed to his forehead if the Broncos lose this game. We'll talk about that coming up. A quick update. All the college football fans out there, Oklahoma and Texas are tied at 27. Ohio State now up 20 on Maryland. In the baseball playoffs, you've got the Rangers up 2-1 to one on the Orioles and Camden Yards. Aaron Hicks drew a walk. Yankee fans paying attention to see if he can have an you know, impactful playoff run because that would just uh, be more salt to the wound. But we'll get to your phone calls coming up, 800-919-3776. Ty Butler going until 530 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Someone tweeted this at me, uh, Chris. I'm on Twitter at Ty D. Butler. Said, "Is it Darren Waller? Is it Kenny Galladay? That that's. I mean, we're already in that territory. Waller's been a disappointment. He, I, I I think he can get better, but you know, just based on what we were expecting to see from this guy, for you know, uh, uh you know, a receiving core that was. I hate to. I hate when people say they weren't talented last year. They're in the NFL, so they're talented. They were devoid of like explosive weapons, and he was supposed to come in as a tight end and be that that threat. And so far, has been non-existent. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to uh, Donnie and Oceanside. What's up, Donnie? Hey, Ty. How's it going? What's going on, bro? Talk to me. Not not much, my man. Huge fan, and whatever Rothenberg says about you, it's all a load of you know what. All right, I that's my guy, though. Time. People, I, gotta... I appreciate that, but that's 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 family right there, man. Like me, me and Rothenberg go way back, so it's all love, man. It's just you know radio entertainment BS, but it's cool. I, I appreciate you having my back. I agree, man. He, he is one of the best. But uh, anyways, I wanted to get your opinion. You know, Zach Wilson, and everyone's starting to become a believer. Um, I just got a few ideas. If Zach doesn't end up working out. What do you think about possibly signing Jason Giambi to play quarterback and coming in and take the New York Jets to the Super Bowl? I'll wow. hang up against the That's Bucks. a good one, Donnie. Jason Giambi at quarterback. What a troll. I mean, look at Saturday afternoon. There's so many different things you could be doing. I know it's raining. You could be cuddled up with a nice little honey, sipping on some, sipping on a margarita, doing something favorable, doing something nice with your life, reading a book. I don't know. It's a lot happening in the world, educating yourself on all that's going on, and you want to call a radio station and be a troll and do that. That's very sad. I'm sorry what has become of your life. Uh, but hopefully it gets better for you, my G, because uh, that ain't it. Alex is in Queens. What's up, Alex? Yeah. Hey, how's it, how's it going? Sorry, that last call, that was wild. It's all but, good, um, man. There's a lot of bozos and lames out there. It's, it's, what are you going to do? It's cool. Yeah, I've heard on the I heard them troll Mike Francesca with it, so I thought you know it's normal. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, so I got something to say about Wilson. Um, everybody saw that he got hot that last game against Kansas City, and he looked great actually. He looked like we could go to the playoffs with him. Like he looked amazing. But my worry is, is can he keep it up? Like can he do that to the Eagles? Like. Like, we should blow through Denver, like, easy, but I, I just don't know. Is he going to turn into the old Zach Wilson that everybody, you know, knows? Like, the one that threw games and— That's the fear, Alex. It has to be the fear because, you know, the question the question is, like, who's the real Zach Wilson? And it comes down to two choices. Is it the guy we saw in the first 25 career games looked like probably the worst starting quarterback in football— or is it the one we saw last Sunday night against the Chiefs? Uh, the betting odds have to be on the, you know, what we saw before the Chiefs game. But as a fan myself, I'm hoping that something was unlocked on Sunday night, and now we're going to see the best version of him going forward. 
Well, I hope so, too, because I'm a diehard Jets fan. And my, my second question is, is I've been trying to piece this together, and I feel like a lot of Aaron Rodgers says he's going to come back in the bye week for week seven. But come on, like, really? You tore your Achilles, like, that, there's no way you're going to come back that quick. and play No, just, he's, say, he's talking about being in the building and, you know, being in the facility. Like, remember last week he was— well, he's, he's already there now. I feel like— But he has to, he has to go back. Like he has that. to fly back for rehab. Like, he—I don't think—like, he's not going to be in Denver. So, I, I, with the whole after-the-bye oh. week thing was him being—and I appreciate the call, Alex. It was him being more present in the facility, you know, at practices and finding a way to, um, I guess, do the rehab— and, and, and still be at games and at practices. But it's not like returning to the football field in Week 7. I, I mean, he has floated out the idea that he, he's going to return at some point this season later in the year, which, you know, as excited as that would make me seeing him come back and, you know, having his here comes Willis moment, I just don't think it's going to happen. Whatever he needs to tell himself to, to, to add that extra layer of motivation and, you know, can help facilitate him coming back because the Jets, you know, as good as Wilson was last year, they still need Rodgers, who next year has got a cap hit of like $60 million. They're still going to need him under center. Uh, whatever he needs to get him to that point, I'm all for it, man. Uh, so, you know, I- I'm rooting for him. That's my favorite quarterback. I'm rooting for him. He's my favorite quarterback now playing for my favorite team. So it's a match made in heaven. Just unfortunately, right now, you know, we're living in hell with the injury. But we'll get back to heaven one day. Joe in Staten Island. What's up, Joe? Hi, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Um, well, my, I have one point I think is actually an interesting point. So a lot of people were talking about during the season about Kirk Cousins maybe. Uh, we're losing you, Joe. See now that Zach Wilson looks okay, we're not going to go there. How about the Giants maybe next year looking to get Kirk Cousins? I mean, he's a free agent. I think that he's obviously going to handle uh, you know, feeding a number one receiver. Obviously, the Giants don't have one, but we could create one. And I think that it gives us a big upgrade with a guy that could actually stand there and throw the ball. Because Daniel Jones looks scared. I hate to say it. And I don't think he's the guy. And I think he could be better on another team, but maybe here it's done. So here's the thing, John. I appreciate the, the phone call. Kirk Cousins, the reason why it made sense for the Jets was because their championship window is open now. And you have a team, in theory, that is ready to win which is why you went out there and acquired Aaron Rodgers. And you would hate to see that all blow up and, and, and smoke and flames just because, you know, you lose him and you don't have a legitimate backup. So that would that would have reeked of desperation. That would have been a panic mood, a panic move just to save your season. Uh, before I continue, uh, so Texas went up 30-27 to 27, uh, to take the lead late in the fourth quarter about a I want to say it's about a minute and a half left in the game Oklahoma just scored a touchdown to go up 33-30 pending the extra point it'll be 34-30 Nick Anderson touchdown so I mean talk about snatching victory from the jaws of defeat that would be an incredible win for the Sooners but you know back to the Kirk Cousins of it all that was just a desperate move for the Jets trying to salvage what was left of the season Kirk's going to be 36 next year how does he fit into the Giants' plans? And you'll have Jones under contract for another season. I don't know that like there is any scenario. I, I guess it can exist. You don't want to rule, rule out any scenario. But there aren't a ton of scenarios that exist where you know Daniel Jones is not the starting quarterback next season. Like Even if he, he, he's awful this year, 
You got him for one more year where you know you can get off of his contract at the end of next season. I don't think you're bringing in a 36-year-old to you know to replace him. What would that do for you? That wouldn't make any sense. And by the way, Kirk Cousins, like for all, from all you hear about him and then his wife, doesn't want to play in New York. He, he's not a guy who fashions himself as you know living that New York lifestyle. So uh, you know, from a football standpoint, it doesn't make sense personally and individually. Doesn't feel like that's something he would want to do. The Giants are committed to Daniel Jones for at least one more year. I'm not going to let four games chase me away from him, you know, in pursuit of Kirk Cousins. But, yeah, he hasn't been great to start the year. Andrew 919-3776, looking at the highlights and, you know, the Sooners on their sidelines, obviously overcome with a lot of excitement. They were on their way to losing this game. I don't know how Texas just gave up a touchdown late. Uh, score update on the baseball playoffs. Rangers, runners on first and second, up 2-1 to one in the top of the fifth, looking to extend their lead. Got four more game, or three more games after this. Twins-Astros game one in Houston. We're leading you into coverage of Phillies-Braves. Uh, that comes under your way at 5.30. And then you've got tonight the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. Uh, taking place out in L.A. So we'll keep you posted as we continue to take your phone calls right here on 98.7 ESPN.